Hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to NeuroDetergent. And this is Sarah, licensed clinical social worker. And this is Katie, licensed professional counselor. Our goal is to reach like-minded folks in an effort to connect, encourage, and support each other in our struggles navigating life with neurodivergence. What are we forgetting? Um, um oh, fun. Fun. And laughs. And laughs. Along the way, y'all. <laughs> 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 A stubborn stain on your atypical brain. You need neurodetergents. We're gonna spill the tea about ADHD and wipe it clean with neurodetergents. You need neurodetergents. Alright, you are listening to Neurodetergent episode 22. The big 2 2. Too. We have graduated past our 20s. Um, we drank to celebrate. No, we didn't. That's a lie. I mean, I had a drink. For Thurs- the big 2-1? Thursday night to celebrate. Oh, we did yeah, have we drinks. Did. We had, even took shots. Yes. We had a shot. This shot, was an interesting shot, week. Shot, shot. Um, we've had, uh, we had the biggest trivia team ever. <clears throat> yes, we filled uh, it. Six people and a dog. Um, and a dog. And a dog. Um, let's see. What, what happened with y'all this week? Uh, we saw Barbie. We saw Barbie Thursday night. We went to trip. So Thursday was a big day. We had uh, work all day, trivia, a Barbie all night. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of the Barbie movie? I saw it Friday and absolutely loved it. Uh, loved it. Loved it. We took our kids. It was fun. I laughed really hard. Um, it hurt a little bit. I mean, there were there so. So just this episode in general, first of all, like, let's just do full disclosure up front. We are going to give Barbie spoilers. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we also are going to be talking about intrusive thoughts. Yeah. So um, blanket trigger, trigger warning. <laughs> yes. Blanket trigger warning. Um, if you are somebody who is, like, currently struggling with intrusive thoughts, if that's not something that you feel like you want to listen to, you know – people talking about then just maybe skip this episode for real and go to maybe our masking episode or all the variety of episodes that we have the big 11 the big one one i don't know and if you haven't seen barbie yet go see it go see it like seriously this is one of the few movies that i've seen that i feel like lived up to the hype yeah um you know and i remember messaging the two of you about it what was it last week and yeah. talking to you about some of the comments that I'd read and you're like, well, I don't know about that. And I was like, well, let's withhold judgment. And I mean, it really was like, it was an intelligent and interesting, like social uh-huh. commentary and a, a brilliantly executed satire. <laughs> um, it, it really blew my mind that first of all, this movie even got made. Yeah. Secondly, that it was a Barbie movie. Yeah. Thirdly, that there were two, Stanley Kubrick references in the movie. Uh, so okay. the, the opening scene where the little girls are playing with the baby dolls. Yeah. And then the Barbie shows up. That is a parody of the opening scene of 2001, A Space Odyssey. Okay. They use the same music and everything, which okay. happens to be Ric Flair's entrance music. Um, Speaking of Ric Flair. And then they uh, referenced The Shining. Yeah. As well in the movie. And I was like, holy shit, there's two more. There's like. I've, when did they reference The Shining? Um, Sorry. In the car. Um, okay. Yeah. Are you going to shine with him? I think it was the oh, mom and the daughter okay. talking okay. to each other. Gotcha. Um, but That's cool. uh, yeah, like so, I tried to keep my ears open for another Stanley Kubrick reference, but I didn't pick another. Maybe one on out. maybe on uh, take two, you'll you'll pick up another one. Yeah, I, I totally plan on watching it again. Absolutely. Um, but uh, like some of the, just I mean, 
Like the, what was the, your favorite? Okay, what? Which scene made you laugh the hardest? Uh, that's really hard to pick. I mean, I loved the uh, fascist line okay. where the girl call the little girl calls uh, Barbie a fascist. Yeah, and then Barbie starts crying and is like, "Well, I don't even control the flow of commerce." Mm-hmm. Uh, she couldn't understand why she was being called a fascist. <laughs> um, I loved. Pretty much every scene with Michael Sarah yeah, as yeah. Alan absolutely in it. Um, I loved the the music. Mm-hmm. Like like we listened to the Black soundtrack. President Barbie. You yeah, know? <laughs> like that was hilarious. Um, the the end scenes um, with Ken and his song at the end. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like. I don't know what what scenes I made love you laugh Ken's the hardest. Shirt that says that said I'm Kana. Yes, yeah. that was oh, my favorite. I, I love the beach off when he was like, "I'm gonna beat you. I'm off. gonna beat you. Not off. if I beat you yeah. off first. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. But the oh, most, I mean, I okay. laughed until I cried. I felt like was I felt scene, right? an absolute bond with like I didn't. It's not like I was like looking at any of the women in the crowd, but I could hear them. And the scene where he pulls out his guitar. Oh, and they're singing. And push. they're singing "Push" by Mat- <laughs> Matchbox Twenty, and it goes on and on, and it it's, goes on for a while. And even at the end of that scene, just the women in the in the audience that were still fucking cackling, cackling, crying, laughing. Is that I'm like, something that men typically do with that song in particular? Um, not maybe that song in particular. Uh, what is it for you? Um, there is a Coldplay song, Yellow. Yellow. I mean, yes, that is something oh. that guys do. All we need is just a little oh, yeah. patience. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my God. Yeah. Like... That scene just it, there was like a collective bond of um, I have <laughs> an when, experience uh, in there when the mom gave her speech about basically what it's like to be a woman in mm-hmm. the real world. Uh, there were people in the theater that like clapped. Oh wow! After okay. that, the That's one cool. that the, the the speech that she gives yeah, to yeah, un- yeah, yeah. brainwash mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. the other Barbies. I thought Kate McKinnon's character was oh, really I love hilarious. Her. Oh, I love her. I love her. The movie was very surreal yeah. as well, mm-hmm. like visually, and I kind of want to like eat the some traveling. mushrooms and watch it. Yeah, <laughs> like I think that would be fun. <laughs> um, but I feel like um, there's a few ideas that I have about the movie that maybe, from my perspective versus your perspective, you might not have picked up on. Okay. Um, so when Ken discovers the patriarchy, and I love that line where he's like, yeah, once I found out the patriarchy isn't it. all about horses, I kind of lost interest. Yeah. <laughs> but when Ken discovers the patriarchy and goes back to Barbie land and yeah. wants to name it, what is it, the kingdom? I think so. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was kind of shining a light on how men in general feel or believe that feminism is going to happen. I believe that they were like, let's make it as ridiculous as possible to convert Barbie land to the kingdom so we can shine a light on how ridiculous a lot of these anti-feminist men really think. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of how I felt on that. And... The scene at the end, spoiler alert, where Barbie is breaking up with Ken. Yeah. I feel like that's like a metaphor for divorce. Like, I I really kind of related to that scene in the end. 
before he breaks out into song and everything. And I feel like, you know, that it's kind of like the scene I don't know. where the, they that movie works on so many levels. For sure. The <laughs> for scene, so many different age groups. The scene where they first get to the real world and she's like, I just need to think. And she closes his eyes and he's like what am I supposed to do then? And he's like turning around. He's like, should just go over here? And he's still looking behind himself, like mm-hmm. at her. And it's just like, oi, 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 oi. Let's unpack like, that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Because it 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 really uh, exemplifies kind of like that weaponized incompetence. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like the movie does a really good job of um, packaging equality between men and women Mm. or genders as they are uh, in a way that's really easy to understand. And I don't know if it could have worked as well in any other like intellectual property as it does with Barbie, because Barbie was the first like adult or, you know, teenage adult doll. It wasn't a baby doll anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And Barbie had her own house, her own car, her – she had careers. And there was, like, Barbie did – like, there was a Barbie that came out that had flat feet. Oh, was there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know about that. I remember my mom telling me the story about Midge, that she had a Barbie doll that went through puberty when you raised her arm. Right, which I think that's hilarious because – so that – there was – when Barbie was co-created with Ruth, who was a woman – and then once Ruth left, it was all men left over, which I thought hilarious. The boardroom with all the men with Will Ferrell in it was so funny. Will Ferrell. Oh, he was so good. Oh, Will But Ferrell. that Barbie with him. the boobs that grew, that was a creation <laughs> of the male marketing department yeah. that sans women. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole idea <clears throat> that Mattel, who produced this movie and had to greenlight it and all those kinds of things, were okay with them being like... Oh, I loved it. The movie's like very meta. Especially yes. like with, yeah. with Helen Mirren's uh, uh-huh. narration mm-hmm. where uh, Barbie had said something about being ugly or yes. something. And then I feel Helen ugly. Mirren pops yeah. in and she's like, you know, we understand that casting Margot Robbie in this yeah. is not the best way to make this point. Um, but like it was so good. Like it was probably one of the better movies I've seen in the movie theater in a long time. Probably the best movie I've seen. I think year. the most impressed I was about that movie is that despite all of like the um like euphemisms and things like that, or maybe not euphemisms, but parallels of our actual world and the real world and all of those things is like, I was still able to empathize with Ken. Mm -hmm. And there were moments in the movie where I was like, Oh, like, like I did feel sad. Poor Ken. I did feel sad for him. And Mm -hmm. like, I did empathize with him and like for them to be able to create a movie where you can still empathize with the antagonist, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about it, this is kind of how I view it right Mm -hmm. barbie land is how things used to be switched in reverse because for women they were the kins yeah in you know america and in you know societies around the world for a very long time right until women decided or you know started pushing for more equality and and Mm -hmm. more rights and all these kinds of things. I mean, Barbie was invented before women were allowed to even have their own bank account. Yeah. You know? Um, And so, like, that's kind of how I view that. So if any man who maybe hates feminism or whatever is watching that movie, right? Maybe hate watching it, because I know a lot of people do that. But, like... Barbie land where the Barbies rule and the Kins are subservient. That's the world that you created 
but in reverse. I feel like it's like um, kind of shows the stagnancy of of progression. Um, so like when when like kind of like what you said when Barbie was first created, like women didn't even have the right to have a bank account. Right. Um, and like then when that did happen, it was like this huge step, and it was liberating. But then like um, there's a stagnancy there of that progression. Oh yeah. I mean, we've made some progress, but we certainly haven't gotten to where mm-hmm. we need to be as a society as a whole. In fact, we've kind of regressed a little bit lately, but I feel like this is like the perfect time for this movie to come out. Yeah. Um and I feel like I feel like us going and seeing it this weekend as weird as this may sound and I don't want to sound like, you know, hail our corporate overlords, but I feel like we were a part of something really special. And I feel mm-hmm. like that this movie is probably going to leave a very long-lasting legacy. Mm-hmm. outside of these couple of weeks after it just came out. Yeah. Um, and it's, I feel like it's going to be a very important movie. Is it appropriate for children ages like five and six? Probably not. But once the kids, I would they say, would be get bored. a little bit older. Uh, absolutely. Speaking of which, you took your kids. What did they think of it? Um, I think they liked it for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, go Don't ahead. mention any names. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um... I have like I haven't really had the chance or the opportunity to have real conversations with them about it. But uh when it was over, uh my son said he really liked it. Nice. Yeah. It was what late about- and it so- was we saw it and it was over at like midnight. But I mean it, they liked it. I think that what I'm seeing is I was trying to view it kind of through their lens is with their ages it's like so say my 14 year old i think gets a lot of like the feminist themes and things like that Mm -hmm. probably doesn't get a lot of the uh same thing like the the joke with the serenading and the joke with ken uh not knowing what to do when barbie was trying to think like those seem like something that you would probably need to be older to really like probably feel like that's funny yeah i mean i i definitely think that like my uh, my son got it. I don't, I mean, but we haven't really broken down any parts that he thought were like exceptionally funny. There, uh-huh. there were parts where I was laughing so, and I was sitting next to him. I was mm-hmm. laughing so hard. I was like snorting. I was like, it was so, I'm I pretty thought, sure we liked it the best. I thought it was legitimately one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It's, it, it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I find myself laughing at things that like not everybody else is laughing yeah. at. Have you noticed? <laughs> Uh, because, like, the person I was with, the fascism part, the mm-hmm. fascist joke, like, we both just erupted. And I don't think anybody else laughed at that <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to us. But, like, there were so many things. How, many, like, how packed was it? Uh, I would say it was probably sold out. Okay. Uh, we went at 8 o'clock. My first experience at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, uh, the last movie that nice. I went and saw there was Black Adam. Oh, oh you saw that? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. You're, like, the only person who's laughing. Um, but you know, I had a, I had a blast. I had a great time and and some other weird things happened to me this week too. Like, um, I got a call from one of my old landlords that I had inquired about renting from when I first moved back to town Mm -hmm. and they didn't have anything available. They had something come open. My lease is up, uh, September 1st. And so I went down and looked at the place. They cut me a ridiculous deal. Hell yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be moving soon. Like that was very sudden. I remember telling you on Thursday. Hey, I'm gonna go look at an apartment tomorrow, and then all of a sudden, I've already got the I'm keys. So and I'm so glad it's you and not there. us. I never want to move. 
Okay. Uh, it's the worst. Moving so. sucks, and you guys you don't have, a lot have of stuff. Yeah, you don't have that much stuff. I, I don't. When I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, this won't be hard at all. Yeah, I took like three or four carloads of stuff, and it was basically those boxes I hadn't unpacked that were back in the utility yeah. room, some boxes that I hadn't unpacked that were in my closet in the bedroom, like my guitars are over there now, um, and I'll probably take some other small things, probably yeah. move like the stereo, the records, all those kinds of things, maybe today and throughout the week. That's cool. To the point where next Sunday... Uh, is my intended big move-in day to get it all done. And um, it'll just be just stuff that's going to require yeah. a truck. Nice. Um, so that's the plan. That's exciting. Um, oh, and I got my big gold belt, too. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, shout out to uh, Michael Underlin for the inspiration when we talked about, when we had him on the show, yes. Captain Springfield, and talked about, like, we were talking about his... Um, Memorabilia. What is it the the proton pack yes. from Ghostbusters? And we were talking about you know what's the one piece of like memorabilia <clears> you <throat> would buy? And I said I would do the Rick Flo- Rick Flair big gold belt uh, replica, and uh, just so happened to get a bonus at work. Hell yeah! Um, so I, I treat bonuses like I treat birthday money. If it's a gift, I'm gonna use it to buy something I want. Yeah. Not for bills, not for savings, not for all those kinds of things. If it's extra free money. That's the only time where I'm like, I'm going to splurge. I'm going to buy something for myself. I definitely wouldn't. If I hadn't have got the bonus, I would not have bought it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I don't regret it. It's Hell pretty awesome. Yes, it is. You need to get a way to like display it. I mean, it's on a stand right now. Um, but yeah, I like your idea of getting like a shadow box, yeah. maybe a framed in glass. I'd mm-hmm. like to maybe get it signed. Uh, by Rick I looked up his events coming up, and like, there's there's nothing coming up. Where he has he's his own be. weed now. He was just in Kansas City, like so last does month. Mike Tyson, and it's called Bites. Bites. Rick Flair looks like called, little ears. Yeah, Rick Flair is called Rick Flair Drip. Oh, oh, yeah. Because well, there's this. <laughs> <laughs> There's this there's this rapper that did a song called Rick Flair Drip. And, oh, and in the okay. and in the common vernacular, drip is like your outfit your, yeah, your or outfit, like your, yeah. your bling or whatever, how You're, you decorate just like, yourself. He's just so sweaty. It just makes me think of that. Yeah, but uh, uh no, I'm like <laughs> cannot stop. I mean, he that. was always it's like I so here's the thing. You know, my dad and I used to watch wrestling right. a lot. Oh, by the way, used I, to? I bought tickets. To go see WWE Woo-woo! with my dad. Is that uh, a big? In where is that going to be at? The at, JQH. Uh, JQH. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's not. It's the Great Southern Arena. No. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Sorry. But apparently, JQH got canceled. Oh. Apparently, there were some things. I don't know the whole story, but there was some some money issues and some things oh. that maybe he said and did that weren't that oh. were found out after his death, and they've kind of started strategically removing the name from certain things so oh okay we'll have to look into that but um i don't you know my dad and i are going to this concert we're going to go see tenacious d uh next month yeah or september it's not technically august yet at the time of the recording but uh i saw that they were coming and so i messaged him i was like hey you want to go to this with me in october i'll buy the tickets he bought the tenacious d tickets i bought the tickets to this um, nice. But that was one of the things that him and I bonded over whenever we were, yeah. when I was young, right? Yeah, we yeah. would watch wrestling a lot when I was a kid. Uh, we would watch it a lot when I was a teenager. Like when, like the big NWO, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, all those yeah. things were, like it was really at a peak of popularity at the time. But I remember seeing this belt get unveiled on TV oh in 1986. God. I remember watching it and I was, just being completely I was but mesmerized. A, but a toddler. Being completely mesmerized by it. Uh, and I had like some WCW trading cards that had pictures of Ric Flair with the belt. And I would okay. always just be like, oh, <clears throat> so cool. And so that's what I wanted. Yeah. Anyway, I got it. So anyway, today. 
It's been a, it's been a busy week. Like we've already. It is. It has been a busy week. And like speaking of August, it's my birthday month. Oh my god! And we got a party coming up. I'm and... gonna have a birthday party. I'm so excited. I'm like actually really excited um, about my birthday party. I'm excited too. Um, but <laughs> let's let's get into the meat of the episode here. Um, today we're talking about intrusive thoughts. This yes. is one of the things that uh, we talked about. Kim, who had emailed us. Uh, they asked us a couple of questions on dealing with shame and then today and also about intrusive thoughts. And I figured, hey, those are great topics to talk about on the podcast. What, what so, was their – do you have the email? I can pull it up. Okay, yeah. You want to pull it up? Talk well, amongst yourselves. <clears throat> okay, here's what they say. Um, I've really <laughs> been enjoying the podcast. A few things I would be interested in learning more about. How to recover from shame when you have unhealthy – or oh, – let me – how to recover from shame, that's a whole sentence, when you have unhealthy habits or do wrong, how do you deal with the shame and guilt? Also, I would like to know more about how to stop or deal with intrusive thoughts. Um, and so, you know, I emailed Kim back and said that, you know, those were great topics to talk about in future episodes, and here we are. Yeah. Um, so I did a little looking into intrusive thoughts this morning, and apparently it definitely affects just about everybody that has a brain, uh, not just neurodivergent folks. That's true. Uh, what would you, like, how would you define intrusive thoughts? And how would you say they differ from typical, like, thoughts or worries? I mean, by intrusive, right? Yes. This is what makes them different, is that they they intrude on your space. They're mm -hmm. unwanted. They cause distress. Unwanted is the key word. Unwanted. Yeah. And, and not all unwanted intrusive thoughts are um, pathological. That's not... The word I'm looking for. Not all intrusive... Cause significant dysfunction. Yeah. But many of them do. But some do. Okay. <laughs> intrusive thoughts are unwanted thoughts, images, impulses, or urges that can occur spontaneously or that can be cued by external internal stimuli. Typically, these thoughts are distressing, and that's why that's what makes them intrusive and tend to reoccur and are hard to recover from. So could you give me an example of an intrusive thought? Um, so like an intrusive thought would be like, say I'm at the bank and I need to deposit money and there is a security officer next to me and I look down and I see a gun in his holster and I think I should grab his gun. Like that movie Requiem for a Dream. Have you ever seen that? I have, but it's been like 20 years, so I don't remember that scene. I've only seen it once, and it's one of those movies where like, I only need to see it only once. Need to see it once. <laughs> <laughs> I never need to see it again. Um, <laughs> like, I never. did a little looking into it, and it, intrusive thoughts are something that everybody yeah. deals with. Um, I don't know if it's even possible to completely stop them, but you know, another example might be you're driving down the road, and you see someone walking on the sidewalk, and you're like, I could just... I could just jerk my wheel and that person's gone, you know, like mm -hmm. just to have that thought. Yeah. Um, um, the, so a lot of the, the overlap with like intrusive thoughts and shame is that uh, for a lot of people, their intrusive thoughts can lead to them then feeling like they are a bad or wrong or gross or horrible person. Um, and so like one of the things that you need to keep in mind and that like you need to solidify with yourself is that your thoughts do not, your thoughts are not actions, right? your thoughts are not behaviors. Um, and intrusive thoughts are not something that like you are actively doing and it doesn't make you who you are as a person. It doesn't, it's not a morality barometer. Right. And actually in some cases, intrusive thoughts, uh, 
the reason that they are disturbing is because they are your brain warning you not to do something. Yeah. It's because you don't want to do it that those thoughts are intruding. And and so for um, – especially for people who are neurodivergent. So if you take somebody who has um, complex – post-traumatic stress disorder or somebody who has um, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, ADHD, et cetera, right? All the disorders that we've talked about in this podcast. Everything on yes. um, Then uh, if you already sort of have this existing um, faulty thinking or faulty belief that there is something wrong with you, then your intrusive thoughts sort of solidify that. Mm-hmm. Um, you like, and it can also be the thing that triggers them. And so if you are having, uh, a day or if you are having a lot of experiences where you are feeling wrong because you're getting cues from other people or you've gotten, um, you know, the message that like you're doing or engaging in socially unacceptable behavior, then like it really compiles and can, um, do some pretty fucked up things to your brain. Right. (laughs) I can imagine it being a big source of shame and guilt uh, as yeah. well. Um, and, and maybe feelings of like, you know, what's wrong with me? Why am I thinking about these things? Is there any, and this isn't in any of the questions I sent you, but is there any kind of paper or scientific uh, studies out there that have really even delved into why our brains have like intrusive thoughts the way they do? Well, yeah, Sarah yeah. described earlier, like... For example, like um, a lot of times intrusive thoughts are your brain warning you to not do something. Right. Okay. Well, and here's the thing to think about too. So like if everyone experiences these maybe and there's all sorts of triggers for these intrusive thoughts, right? And But if you have a neurodivergent brain where when you get input, multiple areas of your brain are lighting up and multiple references are coming to mind mm-hmm. and maybe two of those 15 references are things that are disturbing to you um, and for because of anxiety about those thoughts or because of where you are in the moment or all sorts of things. That is what you get stuck on. Like, like, uh, for example, um, in postpartum depression, like one of the, um, one of the, the, the symptoms of postpartum depression are having like very intrusive thoughts about harm coming to your child. Mm-hmm. Um, and those intrusive thoughts a lot of times can come in imagery. Right. Um, and so it's like that, there's a lot of studies done on like that postpartum depression, like because your hormones and everything is in like active overdrive and everything is sort of like discombobulated that like your primary instinct is to protect your child. And Mm -hmm. so the intrusive thoughts are like as a way to like keep you alert. Right. Right. It's like your brain saying to you, like, this is a potential danger. Like there's a ledge over there. That's a danger. But you're constantly thinking and having these images and it's like, yeah. And and your brains are all, well, when up. I was looking into it earlier, uh, that was the very first example that they gave was harming a child. Yeah. Um, because, of course, that's like out of all the behavior that anyone can exhibit, that's one of the worst things you can do is harm uh, a child. Right? Yeah. And <clears throat> it's in, and I think that um, in a lot of ways, like because in, you know, if we think of like way back when our when our like central nervous system was being evolved and things like that and we were becoming who we are as a species Mm -hmm. it's like that threat your child dying was a was a huge threat and has been um forever until probably most recently and and like as far as like as us as a human species Mm -hmm. um and so but like um 
I forgot. Sorry. I got like really lost in where I was going with that. You just think about how that, that system is still at play. Oh, now, and so now like, it's so, not yes. necessary that it be that but strong. But societally, as far as like psychology goes and like studying psychology as a science, it's not as advanced as that, as our, as our central nervous system, as, a, as our survival instinct is. And so when we're communicating, we're having these intrusive thoughts. It can be interpreted as like we are a harm to our child. And so then there's a threat that we'll lose our baby if we yeah. speak about it. And so there's all kinds of ways that it's like convoluted and fucked up. Um, and, and like a huge reason why there's like stigma there and like why women don't get help. And like why women are also like shocked to be having those thoughts. Another um, example was doubts. Like just having doubts. Like Mm -hmm. did I leave the oven on? Did I forget Mm -hmm. to lock the front door? And I'm, I suffer from that a lot. There's been times where I'm backing out of the driveway and that thought just pops in my mind and I turn the car off. I go in and I check. And then, yeah, I'd say imposter syndrome is probably like a, uh, a pretty big oh, like intrusive thoughts. I hadn't thought about that, um, but yes, all the time, path, especially like pathology. Um, <laughs> pretty much ever since I got into my first leadership role, um, a lot of the thoughts I was was like, first of all, what were they thinking, giving me this kind of authority? Oh my God, right? What were they thinking, giving me keys to the store and you know the combination to the safe? Eventually, they're going to learn that I'm just a fraud and that I've just been faking it this whole time, and that you know, like that, especially like my first really like well-paying um and leadership position that had a tremendous amount of responsibility like i just felt like the the walls are going to come crashing down any moment yeah. the jig is going to be up they're going to learn that i'm just incompetent mm-hmm. and that they made a huge mistake and yeah. they're going to fire me right. and then my life is over <laughs> that's anxiety yeah, yeah. um so <laughs> How could how do we deal with intrusive thoughts? Like if if it's enough to bother somebody about it, um, is there anything that we can do to? I I don't know if it's possible to stop them, but what can we do to like manage and mitigate the damage that it can do to you? So there's different couple different things, right? Like if it's the point that it's causing dysfunction in your life, like if you're getting mental health treatment for it. Uh, medication is something to really consider. Yeah. Because what kind of medication lot, would that be? Um, I don't feel like I, – I mean, I feel like that would be something you would need to talk to your doctor about. Yeah. Like I didn't psych- know if there were specific – Psychopharmaceuticals. Oh, I didn't know if there were specific <laughs> medications designed to deal with there, things like, like that. So there are, so there are um, like anti-anxiety meds. There are antidepressants that like – There are mood if, stabilizers. Yeah, there are mood stabilizers. There are all kinds of like um, – and then there are different like medications – Specific to like OCD, but they're, I mean, to get into that would be like, I don't an think it'd be safe to specify. It be, like, I'm not a doctor, so I don't necessarily want to. Um, um, but other things are like, um, like if uh, figuring out if there are triggers for those things, mm-hmm. figuring out if they have, if the intrusive thoughts become more problem problematic when you are under lots of stress, when you don't have a lot of tolerance or patience, if you haven't had enough sleep or food to eat, like. Figuring out patterns. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think, too, like, uh, lim- like if something they – a lot of people use social media to distract themselves from intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's, like, a way to be activating your brain for, like, 15 seconds at a time. So there's not really a lot of space for intrusive thoughts. However, like, I also know that 
I've worked with a lot of clients whose intrusive thoughts have come from social media. So like, um, like, you know, scrolling through TikTok and then a video comes up that's like, for some reason shouldn't have. And it's showing something visually that like is a trigger for an intrusive thought. And then now they're in a spiral of like intrusive thoughts related to that. And so like in a lot of ways, I think people use social media to try to distract them from that, especially like coming out of COVID where we were isolated and would like had a lot more time to sit with our thoughts <laughs> um, for days on end. And so like, I think like having activities to do that are, are stimulating your mind in a way that is not like social media does like 15 second increments, but like in ways that are, if you can sit yeah. outside and like, if you can sit broaden outside, your scope yeah, or co- like, like do activities that are like, that, that you're like uh, see- visually seeing a progress or something like that. And I think another important thing about intrusive thoughts is that, like, suppression is usually not going to help. Like, no. suppression is a short-term solution as far as blocking it out, um, trying to just, re like, put it, shove it back in the closet every time. Right. If you can let it flow through you and find other ways uh, rather than repression. Right, because it is an anxiety. It's mm-hmm. a trait or a symptom of anxiety, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, right? It's a manifestation of anxiety. And so what we know about anxiety, anxiety-related um, disorders is that the more that you uh, suppress it or avoid it or, like, not acknowledge it, the bigger it gets. Is there the possibility that intrusive thoughts can ultimately lead to acting, acting upon them? Like when you're when you're standing on the on the edge of a cliff on vacation somewhere and you're just like, what if I just what if I just jumped off right now? So there, I mean, like, there's a difference between having that as an intrusive thought uh-huh. and like having suicide suicidal ideation, right? 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 Like, mm-hmm. um, and so I don't like really want to get into like the intricacies of that. I don't think. But what I will say is this: like, your thoughts is, are not. You. You are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are not your behaviors. Your thoughts are not, like, how you show up in the world. Um, And one thing that definitely leads to intrusive thoughts becoming more of a, like, like like being debilitating is the shame that comes along with them when you, when you try to suppress them and like hide them and not acknowledge them and not talk about them and things like that. So if you are struggling with intrusive thoughts, the best thing to do probably is get a therapist Mm -hmm. um, and -hmm. somebody who you feel safe with and to be who is showing you and has con- shown up consistently non-judgmentally and sharing those intrusive thoughts with that person uh and speaking them out, like out loud and maybe looking at what are those pointing to cuz for example yes. say you're if someone's um having intrusive thoughts of jumping off of a mountain and they're suicidal uh the intrusive thoughts aren't what's going to drive them to jump off a mountain it's being suicidal yeah that's what needs yeah. to be addressed right um do you feel like, or is it possible that intrusive thoughts can affect neurodivergent individuals differently than neurotypical? And then the main way I would say yes is with like obsessive compulsive disorder because that is a function of. I would, the yeah. Disorder. And I would just say too, just like, um, if you. If you are somebody who is neurodivergent and you have certain 
like, for example, for me, uh, I was diagnosed later in life. I was, I am AFAB. I am, you know, there's a lot of things that have led me to feel like deep shame about my thoughts and like in those ways. And I've had to do therapy about that and like address that in my life. And so, yeah, intrusive thoughts will impact me differently. And I am neurodivergent. Do I know that those intrusive thoughts impact me differently because I am neurodivergent? I think like causality and correlation are something that like we aren't able to like really know and be determined as like for a certainty right now. If that is mm-hmm. that that makes sense. Okay. How can people communicate their experiences with intrusive thoughts to their loved ones or support network effectively? So <clears throat> I think in Barbie there was a great example of maybe like um how not to. Like <laughs> when they're at the party and they're dancing and in the middle of the dance and everything going on, yes. she's like, Do you guys ever think about dying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like, a perfect example. Like of that yeah. is thought, a yeah. valid question. That is probably not an appropriate time. Right. I I mean, it was her party. It was at her house. It's. I thought it was at a club. <laughs> no, I, it was a I mean. Club. Anyway, it doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's it, whether she was at her house or not. Like, if you have people in your company and you're like, it would it's not. It's my party. I'll talk about death. If right. I want it to. wouldn't be appropriate for me at my party at my house to be like, I've been having these intrusive thoughts, and then just verbalize the most fucked up scene you've ever could yeah. conjure that wouldn't be appropriate here here's an example of an intrusive thought uh at a party uh when i was like 11 or 12 uh, christmas over at you know a family member's house mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i just blurted out hey do dogs get periods oh my oh, gosh. i love it <laughs> yes <laughs> and then that's i think the like my grandma was like well they have seasons Aww. oh that's cute that's cute yes. <laughs> um i a lot of times though intrusive thoughts get treated very like not like that right and like somebody might be that is not okay to say or you might be out in public and like if you're a kid and you see um somebody who has like a a deformity and like you're like mom right and you speak it out loud and your mom's like you know like don't say that you know and like you get like all sternly talked so it's like intrusive thoughts like when we are children we kind of get shamed for them yeah, if we speak yeah, them you're out absolutely loud. Right, yeah. And that is because it is socially inappropriate behavior to like say things like that out loud. Um, but it's not socially inappropriate to think them. Yes. Because like yeah. nobody knows what you're thinking and nobody knows your thoughts. It's well private. Said. Is there anything else that uh you think we would like to share about the subject of the Well, maybe one thoughts. thing that's and then I have good. A story for you. I was thinking about when you were saying that, Katie. Another thing to consider when you're thinking about disclosing some of your intrusive thoughts is that if you're talking to an audience of people who also have intrusive thoughts, sometimes hearing yeah. another person's intrusive thought image or story or pattern is will kind of like implant and trigger that in them. So, like ask, you know, I, yeah. before you unload. I'll give you an example. Like there is there is um like uh something that I can't talk about or hear about because it will make me feel lightheaded. Okay. And like it will make me feel kind of dizzy and like I don't and it's like if people are talking about but like bones breaking. 
Okay. Okay. And so I am a therapist, though. And so I, I really do need to be able to hear people talking about their experiences without being judgmental. But if there is something that I can sense that's coming up and the story involves that, I will, pr- like, before we get into that, I will say, like, details about this. Um, like, if you give me visuals, things like that, descriptive words, like, I will feel faint and I will feel like I'm going to faint. Um, and so like, if you can explain what you need to in this space without having to get into the the details about that, I would appreciate it. And if like, you can't do that, then I just need you to be like slow and careful and like, like deliberate about the words that you're going to use because like, they do make me feel lightheaded. And it is because I am a very visual person. I can visualize things that like I don't want to visualize if they are being described to me. And so I need to be careful about like the things that I read and I need to be careful about the things that I listen to, especially if I need to be conscious <laughs> because those things will make me feel very faint. So you're probably not much into like true crime podcasts and things. <laughs> I am and I but I fast forward a lot if oh, it's okay. like getting into that. And it needs to be very descript and like very detailed for me to like not be able to hear it or see it. This is a little bit unrelated, but I have just discovered how much I love watching YouTube videos at 1.25 speed instead yeah. of one. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Was, I, I, pretty much everything now. But, <laughs> but I do think that like that is tr- – like that is what Sarah was saying about like being careful about the things that you're describing about your tr- intrusive thoughts to somebody who has intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. and who is a very visual person. Or, like, somebody who struggles with that because, like, you don't want to, like, harm, you know, cause harm to other people. All right. And if you suffer from intrusive thoughts, just know that you're not alone. Yeah. Uh, And it's not uh, necessarily a symptom of any kind of disorder that you may have been diagnosed with because everybody has Mm -hmm. intrusive thoughts. It is not something to be ashamed of. Yeah. Um, and we aren't acting on those thoughts, so it's okay. Um, all right. <laughs> Sorry. I have a story for you. Okay. So we have talked about the ADHD tax, right? Yep. I got to see that in full effect yesterday. Did you? In in a way that I haven't seen happen in a very, very long time. So a friend of mine that I've been seeing uh, for a while now uh, that lives about an hour away came up to stay with me for the weekend, uh, and we went and saw the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Right? She gets ready to go yesterday morning, head back home. Van won't start. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. Let me, let's, let's back up. First, she can't find her keys. Okay. And we're looking around the house. We can't find them. She makes the, she makes the comment, I hope I didn't leave them in my van. I go outside and look. They are not only in her van, they're in her ignition. Mm. And I was like, they're in your ignition, which in my neighborhood, doors unlocked, keys in the ignition. It's a miracle Keep that the van ignition. was still even there. Yeah. Okay. Because it could have easily gotten stolen. My car's mm-hmm. been broken into twice in this neighborhood. So I'm glad I'm moving. Um, anyway, we know where the keys are. She gets ready to go. She leaves or whatever. I'm doing my thing here in the house. And then all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. Hey, do you have jumper cables? Van won't start. Of course, I don't have jumper cables because the last time I used jumper cables was to jump start my ex-wife's car and I left them in her car. Mm. Okay. So we had to go to Walmart and get some jumper cables. We try and jump the battery. It's not happening. It's not working. Battery's completely dead. 
So we had to get the tools and take the battery out. Oh head my back gosh. to Walmart. This was all before 11 o'clock yesterday. Head back to Walmart. Luckily, luckily, by the grace of whatever higher power may or may not exist, uh, she had purchased that battery at Walmart. It had a warranty. The warranty expired in August of this year. So they tested it. It was completely dead. Would not hold a charge, so they just gave her another battery. Nice. And we were able, right. And we were able to get it, and she was on her way. It probably maybe took about an hour uh, out of her day for us to handle Mm -hmm. that issue. But I mean, imagine if that battery wasn't under warranty. Have either of you bought a battery for a car lately? They're Mm -hmm. not like 45, 50 bucks anymore. Are they? For my car, my little Kia, the last time I bought a battery for it is 115. Oh, wow. Jeez. You know, that can be a pretty big. expense yeah and let me tell you she was getting upset she was getting a little heated over the whole thing and i was just like you know trying to be as positive as i could you know and and especially towards the end i'm like hey it only cost you 15 bucks for the jumper cables in an hour you know and it's okay and and we'll learn from this and all these kinds of things but that is she had even brought that up because she listens to the show uh, and she was like, Did yeah, you're going to talk about ADHD tax. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, leaving, leaving your keys and the ignition yeah. on, it, like the accessory. <coughs> Been there. Battery completely dead. Of course, I don't have my jumper cables because I'm an idiot. And uh, so then we're having to make all these trips to the store and back all before like noon. That fucking sucks. Yeah, it was rough. But we got it taken care of. She got home and, and everything's fine. And luckily it wasn't a bigger issue with the car that would have been a lot more expensive yeah um because people are broke these days i don't know if you've noticed yeah i have i mean that's why i'm moving well yeah. one of the reasons is because it's going to be cheaper for me um all right uh anything else that we want to i don't think so talk about i don't think right, so yeah. well uh again you know we always appreciate everyone listening and if you have any ideas for future episodes like kim did we got two episodes out of that email so Heck i really yeah. appreciate it email us neurodetergent.pod at gmail.com you can message us on facebook like us on facebook And all that good stuff. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Have a good week. And go see the Barbie movie. Go see the Barbie movie. It's worth it.